Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. Today, I want to introduce you to Desiree Endres. Her passion for the message of minimalism and living intentionally started as she jumped into the journey with her husband just over a year ago. They got rid of three quarters of their belongings and downsized into a much smaller home. She soon found the peace and life change that comes from decluttering and having less possessions and wanted to share that message and share her story. So out of that came the Minimalish podcast. Her podcast encourages women and moms to find more time and more joy through having less stuff cluttering their homes. So in this podcast, you'll learn what life was like for Desiree prior to learning about minimalism, how Desiree keeps a clutter-free home even with a busy toddler, how to handle grandparents who want to fill your home with toys, and the first steps toward decluttering your home and life. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Desiree Endries. Well, Desiree, thanks so much for taking time to hang with me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. You're all about minimalism, almost, minimalish-ism. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) How were you and your husband introduced to minimalism and what attracted to you at kind of that way of life. Yeah, well, we, so I started using the term minimalish recently, but um, in the beginning, it really was like kind of an introduction to minimalism for us. And it, it was when my daughter was about five months old. So I was like a brand new mom, really. And um, at that time, I'd gone back to work part-time. I was a teacher out of the home. Um, and I had gone back to work part-time, like I said, and then I had two part-time work from home jobs. And I was just like, on the days I was home, I felt like I was really drowning, um, in my day. And so you had her that you're taking care of and two part-time jobs that you were working from home. Yeah. And so it was a lot. (laughs) Um, it was just something like that I kind of chose so that I could be home with her a little bit, but finances were rough at that time. And it's just like kind of what I felt like I had to do. Um, so I felt like I was drowning, like I said, and I was, the story goes, like I was at home one day with her and I was probably surrounded by clutter. If I could like look back into that day, um, surrounded by clutter in my home, like feeling kind of like I couldn't move. Like, I feel like I've, um, I couldn't really move into action to, to do anything about it. Um, and so I put Netflix on, right? Classic. And, sure. and I like documentaries. Um, I was waiting for my husband to get home and I saw the minimalist documentary pop up. Um, and so I put it on, it looked interesting and I had not really even heard that word much before, but I put it on. And as soon as I started watching it, I thought like it would be something that my husband would actually be interested in. So I, once he got home soon after I started it, we both watched it together and kind of like the rest was history from there. We looked at each other at the end and we were like, should we do this? And we were both on the same page. And that was a really great start. Um, For those who haven't watched the documentary, how would you describe it? What's it all about? Yeah, it's a really um, cool film. And I don't even know if it's still on Netflix, but it's all about, it shows different perspectives um, on minimalism and on kind of that idea of living with less so that you have more time um, to do the things that matter to you and to spend time on the things that matter to you. So it shows different perspectives. And the people who created it uh, are the minimalists and they're two men um, but so it doesn't just show their perspective because, you know, that's not relatable to en- to everyone. Um, it's relatable to a lot of people, but not everyone. And so it shows perspectives of like, you know, maybe a married couple and a family. Um, Josh, I can't think of his uh, last name right now, but there's um, um, a big name in minimalism that's on there and talks about like minimalism with family. So that really spoke to us and um, especially his... Uh, his perspective of like, you can do this with a family. And I think what really drew us to it for me, it was the idea of like having less stress. So it was like the deeper part, especially for me, because I felt like, okay, maybe really like, I didn't realize it all my life, but maybe physical clutter is a thing that is affecting me. Um, And maybe I can like have access to less stress and anxiety. And I think for my husband, it was that plus like, he just likes a tidy environment. 
And when he married me, he kind of at that point, like signed on to like, okay, that's not how we're going to live right now because <laughs> I'm just not a naturally tidy person. Um, so I think that was attractive to him as well, more than it was to me. For me, it was like, okay, less stress. Let's go for this. Yeah, yeah. So how would you describe maybe your personal life, but then also your family's life um, prior to focusing on minimalism? Yeah. So uh, before minimalism for me, I guess like even for farther back than like, even I had a family farther back before I was married, I cannot remember a life without clutter. Um, I, what would that look like? Like what kind of clutter, like paper or knickknacks or what? Everything. (laughs) Yeah. Everything. Um, in my, like in my personal room, like as a teenager, if I could give you a glimpse into that room, which I know is common, it's just like piles of clothes and just stuff like books. Yeah. I mean, even just like mess, like literal mess, like, okay, a dirty dish that needed to be taken downstairs, (laughs) just like real physical clutter. And then you know, getting married and marrying someone who's totally opposite with me, not like, not someone that is a complete, like, you know, maybe you could say like neat freak. And I don't use that in a negative way, not quite that much, but he just, he's has a military background. He values, um, like a tidy space. And so that was, you know, a common argument for us because I felt like, oh, you're trying to like push this life on me that I'm supposed to have a cleaner environment. And he felt like, oh, it's like serving others. If you just pick up your own stuff, it's serving the people you live with. And I just, I just didn't get that. So, and we both, um, so that was, it wasn't like a huge problem, but it was definitely a common argument. Was he like so, trying to get you to do push-ups, like his, you know, payback or something? <laughs> Definitely not. Jonah, give, me, just, Jonah, give me 20. <laughs> Definitely not. It was just the fact that like, okay, I would have a mess, you know, of my clothes in our bedroom and his side of the bedroom would be tidy. And it's not that like we couldn't live happily like that. We surely did, but it's just that you know, that stressed him out to live in an environment that was cluttered, but there wasn't really anything he could do about it because he wasn't going to try changing me, you know? So, um, it wasn't like, you know, there wasn't really, it wasn't a huge issue, but it was an argument that happened because I, I just didn't value it. I didn't value a tidy space. So that kind of gives you a background of like how the perspective I'm coming into minimalism with is that it just wasn't like physical clutter seemed normal to me, I guess. Yeah. And it just seemed like how I naturally was. Sure. Sure. Living in a, a, a minimalistic way didn't come naturally to you. It was a, right. a different way. So then you, you get pregnant and you're, uh, I take that, maybe you adopted, adopted Gemma. I shouldn't even have said that. Uh, you, you have, uh, Gemma is on the way and, uh, I'm assuming people are starting to give you items like diapers or clothes or crib or car seat. Okay. So all this stuff starts coming into your home. This is prior to minimalism. Did that exacerbate things or what were you feeling at that point? Oh yeah, for sure. And I think like at the time we had a lot of extra space in the home we were in. And, um, that was part of the problem because we would just leave some rooms completely cluttered because we didn't even use those rooms. Um, and that was, I think a part of like the minimalism documentary talked about how much extra space we have in American homes even. So that's just, that's besides the point, but yeah. So what what did you call that room? Um, it was just like, it actually, we called it the big room because it was a really big room. It just kind of just had a lot of stuff in it, random stuff. And it was my office too, because I did work from home from that at that point. Um, I think some people call those rooms like the junk room or the pile or just people call those, you know, different things. I live in Southern California. So most people don't have like an extra, like extra rooms just cause it's so expensive, you know, to live here. But I grew up in Kentucky and I remember we had more than one extra room and some of them would just be piled up with stuff. You know, yeah. there was like the wrapping paper room. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of what it was like. I mean, we had a lot of extra space. I'm not even sure why we, um, <laughs> why we moved into that big of a house, but with, Cause at that point it was just two of us, but we did, it just felt like, you know, that's what you do. You move into a bigger house. And then, yeah, we started filling it with all the kids stuff. Um, we got stuff given to us. Mostly we got stuff given to us secondhand or as gifts. And it was just, 
Um, it was a lot. So then when she came, it was, it was just, you know, diving into parenthood is already like, you know, diving off into the deep end, just trying to find your way. And then you have physical clutter, which is very common that I didn't know at the time was a problem, but, um, but it was. And like I said, I had a lot on my plate and I was tired. I was burned out. Um, I just, I didn't know. I felt, I feel like my home was a mess. I was a mess. I was always forgetful, always rushing, um, really anxious. I'm in, I like kind of tend towards, tend towards anxiety when I, um, am overwhelmed and I'm easily overwhelmed. So that's just how I was. I thought that's just like, that's just what it was going to, what life was going to be like for me, what motherhood was going to be for me. So she's like five months old. I think you said you watched mm-hmm. the documentary. What was your first step? Like, what did you, what did you do when you both yeah. looked at each other on the couch? Did you both get up and start tidying up or? I, we, I feel like we remember it differently. Um, but I do think that that day we kind of were like, okay, let's declutter our pantry. And that was the first place we started, which is something that I had already done in the past because I, um, I cook a lot. So I wanted to at least know where things were. So I had our pantry kind of organized, but when you organize something and there's still too much stuff, it doesn't stay organized. So we, we started there and we're just like, okay, this food, either it's something that like I thought I was going to like, and we don't need it anymore, or it's just something we're not going to eat. So let's just, you know, get rid of it, give it to someone else. Um, and then after that, we were actually, we're actually both teachers. So we're lucky. We had a week off coming up for spring break and we took that week and we completely, um, decluttered our home as much as we possibly could within the week. And it was pretty crazy. Like we're, I feel like, you know, the decluttering process gives you more clutter first because you're just like swimming in it. (laughs) You're taking it all out. Kind of like, you know, if you know the Marie Kondo version of it, put everything out so that you can touch it and see it. And that's what we, that's what we kind of had to do. I mean, what's, is there another way? I'm not sure, but that's what we did. And, um, what'd you do with all the stuff that, well, first of all, how did you go about making decisions on what you kept and what you didn't keep? And then what you didn't keep, what did you do with it? Yeah. So it, it's hard because I think like at that point and still now I have a harder time letting go of things than Nick does. And over time it's gotten easier for me. Like it depends what it is, but still like give me a few days and then I can feel better about letting it go. Whether it's like a a hard time letting go of, it could be anything really. It could be a kitchen utensil. And for some reason I'm just like, okay, I just need like a day to make sure I'm not going to use that. And then my mind will come to this point where I'm like, okay, yeah. Why, why do I need that? Like I already have, um, I have enough, I have another spatula. I don't need to, that kind of thing. And, um, just little things or bigger things to be honest. Spatula has memories. (laughs) Yeah. And to be honest, that, that's the thing. Like there is a lot of emotion attached to stuff. And for some reason we attach our emotions to stuff and it makes it harder to let it go. But the more I decluttered it kind of, and the more I think anyone does, like it's very satisfying to, to see what happens whenever your physical space is decluttered and see what that does to your mental space and see the clarity it gives you and the space it gives you to just be able to be more creative, to be less anxious. And then that's when, to me, it becomes like addicting, like in a good way, like, okay, getting rid of all the things. And that's, that's where we got to. That's what, what point we got to pretty quickly within that week. It's like, okay, I decluttered my closet one time through, still have way too much stuff. I'm going to do it another time. And until we get to this point where we're like, okay, this feels, this feels right. This feels like the right amount of stuff for us. And the stuff that we did get rid of, we donated a lot of it at that time to Goodwill. And, um, and it's hard because it was like huge amounts and we wanted to donate as much of it as possible. Um, but it was like, it was overwhelming. So some of it, honestly, at that point we did throw away. Um, things that we felt weren't very useful or valuable anymore. And now we try to just make runs to Goodwill or a Salvation Army, or I really try to think like, can anyone else use this? 
but I don't want to add to like my friends or family's clutter. So I try to only do that if I really think um, it's something that they could use. So I heard that you got rid of a number of clothing items. What are some other things that you got rid of on that first purge? Yeah, um, definitely our closet was a huge one. Um, Baby stuff now well on the initial purge we did get rid of a lot of baby stuff we just had too much of it um for one baby (laughs) and so toys you know baby whatever you want to call it like appliances (laughs) stuff that you know they sit in they swing in we just we had three baby swings I don't know why we had that we had one baby um Paper clutter is huge for us now. And that's something like we had to really sort through then. I think we just kept everything that came in the mail for whatever reason back then. And now I, I get rid of stuff right away as soon as I possibly can as it comes into the house. Um, kitchen, the kitchen, we, I have, at that point, I had such a big kitchen, I could store so much. But then it was like, okay, I used one pan and then I didn't wash it. So, oh, I have another one. I'll use that one. And things just pile up. So I did get rid of a lot. And then soon after we moved. So I think like the second clutter of packing up stuff and realizing like in that first big declutter, you know, we got rid of a lot, but then now what do we see that we still have, we still aren't using. And then we decluttered again and then we moved. And as we were unpacking, we decluttered again. And now like I'm still decluttering because I, like I said, it takes me time to let go of things. But as we live our lives, we realize that, you know, there are seasons that things are really useful to us and it's okay to like decide that this item has served its purpose and it's no longer useful to me. Now it's kind of just taking up my space and time and I can let go of it now. Sure, sure. Now, Gemma is how many months old now? She is, well, she's one and a half. One and a half. Okay. Yeah. So you've been at this for about a year now. Mm-hmm. And how a lot of moms are listening, you know, maybe they have young kids or even kids in elementary school, the toys, the clothes, the you know, battery operated cars, all of this stuff. How is it even possible to keep a house uncluttered with a toddler? Give me some of your tips. How are you doing this on a daily basis? So I think that's such a good question because I have noticed just that I think it's the hardest for maybe a parent to accept that minimalism is possible for them. And it's also part of the reason why I not that I don't use the word minimalism, I still do because that's the word people know, right? But why I've kind of adapted my own version of that because um, with a toddler, it's felt a little bit like I needed a little bit more freedom than the term minimalism offers. So I'll explain that a little bit. But um, it seems like with a kid, like how can you even do this, right? Like it's just, they make messes all day and they do this. <laughs> there's nothing stopping them from that. Like even, at that age. even if I've minimized all, even if I got rid of all of her toys, like she would dump out the kitchen cupboard. She, she needs to play and play is a good thing. So I recognize that I have one kid and someone that could be listening to this, like maybe they have four. And of course that it's going to be different for them. And Gemma obvious is also still like at the point where I can make her decisions on how many toys she has for her without any fuss. But still for me, what I cling to now and what I think that I'll continue to cling to is that minimalism is possible with a toddler, with kids, because I'm the parent, like my husband and I are the parents and we get to decide like what the tone of our home is going to be. And so if we want that to be a calm and uncluttered environment, if we feel like that's valuable, then that's what we're going to fight for. So I believe it's good for my daughter to have less. I believe it's good for me, for my husband and just for our family in general. And not only do I just believe it, but I see it. And when she's in a less cluttered environment, like when I've tidied up her toys after nap time, and then she comes, you know, she comes out of her bed after nap. She's just like, she's calmer than, and of course she's less tired, but she's calmer than like when she's in the midst of maybe after she dumped out a bunch of toys or something like that. So 
the fact of the matter is if I give her less options to play with, then she's not going to build up that clutter. And then if I minimize my clutter, then she's not going to have to live in, you know, a huge clutter, a hugely cluttered environment. So it's not just about her, of course, it's about all of us. And she's happier, less cranky, you know, more creative in her playtime. And then I'm happier, (laughs) less cranky, more creative, just like in my life and, and in the way I approach motherhood. Um, so, so it's just, it's just makes sense to me to kind of fight for that fight past the messes that she does make. Um, she does like, we have open shelving in the kitchen. She takes stuff off of it. It's, it's fine because it's, okay to also have a lived in home. Like that's why I started using the word minimalish because we do have toys and we do have stuff and we do have messes. We have much less than maybe the average person. But I realized that like I was striving for this version of perfectionism as a stay at home mom of a toddler that just wasn't going to happen. And it's not going to happen for anyone, but it's definitely not going to happen for me. And what I decided was that like, we're going to live in this home every day. We're going to be here and that's okay. Like it's okay for there to be messes, but if we can just have less stuff and less of those messes and it can be take less time to pick up, um, then we're all going to be happier. And then we're all going to kind of thrive in that environment. So one, I'm hearing to begin with just less, less things. And then two, you're talking about, um, picking up some items kind of along the way. I know some people, whether it's a stay at home mom or you're coming home, after work and you've just picked up the kids from daycare or after school program, it's a mess. You're tired. You're exhausted. You're trying to get food on the you know table. Um, what is, I, I'm hearing though, that the value is like how, how long, I guess, would it take to pick up those, those items before we, we know when she comes out from a nap? Yeah. Like, like convince me that it's worth, worth it. How long does it take? Yeah. So when she goes, actually, I try to pick up the toys before I put her down for a nap. And that's because that like two hours or whatever that she is sleeping, I want to have that time to do what I either want to do for like my podcast or work or to just relax and like take a breather and rest. And so it takes me really, I mean, maybe 10 minutes on a good day because I maintain it throughout the day. And I like to think that I've been actually timing myself on some things lately. Um, and I'm, one of my goals in March is to have like more of a cleaning schedule, not just like, a, it's not about clutter because we do have a pretty uncluttered home, but it's more about like actually doing the cleaning. Because like I said earlier, I've never naturally been a tidy person. So that means I've never naturally like saw a huge value or like have a love of cleaning. So what I do right now is I take 20 minutes in my day or more if I have more energy, but it really only needs to be 20 minutes to do like some kind of maintenance of our home. And it's because our sm- our home is small too, but like maybe it's vacuuming one day or, you know, um, wiping down kitchen appliances. But then I take probably like 10 to 15 minute intervals throughout the day. And I'm just picking up, like I'm maintaining our stuff after breakfast because we don't have 20 pans and I can't just let them pile up in the dishes. I'm just going to take, you know, the three minutes it takes to wipe down that one pan and put it away. Mm -hmm. And what I found in that is I would say it's maybe an hour total in my day that that I'm just like, and that's, that's on a day where I'm really like the house is pretty much tidy all day unless my daughter is playing. And to me, that's worth it because in the end, like, okay, the end of the the evening, I get to relax in a space that is tidy and, you know, peaceful. And in the morning I get to wake up and have that space. And, um, during her nap time, I get to have that space. And what I've seen as I've been doing this, as I've been, I kind of, kind of have been calling it and I've seen others call it too, like resetting rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like putting things away as you take them out, you know? Mm -hmm. And to some people that comes totally naturally to me, it doesn't like I called myself a tornado (laughs) whenever (laughs) I think of like how I used to go about my day. It's just like, okay, I'm using this, leave it in the place where I just used it instead of put it back. And And when you have less stuff, then you're taking less stuff out, you're using less stuff. So it takes less time to put that thing away. Um, And that 
to me has been like, I've been so much more creative. I've been so much calmer. I've been happier. I've loved my home more. I've been a happier mom since I've been doing that. So it's like, okay, if it takes an hour altogether, like between the five minutes that I cleaned up the dishes after, after breakfast and the, you know, maybe 15 minutes it takes to tidy up her stuff before her nap, then that hour, if it's an hour is worth it. Before we continue the conversation, I want to ask you for a quick favor. Will you subscribe to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on your phone? Now, it's also available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you have to do is search for Inspiration Rising. Click subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Why? So you won't miss a single inspiring episode. We search for the most inspiring guests to help you rise up in your life, love, and leadership. And you don't want to miss out. So subscribe and then leave a quick review. Click some stars, preferably five, and leave a sentence telling me what you enjoyed the most. All right, let's jump back in to the conversation. My wife and I have a, a bit of this you know, flavor too, where I am more of a natural tidy up. Everything's got a spot organized, except for um, drawers. I don't mind shoving things in drawers. I'm a drawer shover. Um, her, on the other hand, she doesn't mind if it's kind of a mess, but she likes things to be clean. So I can actually go quite a while if it's not clean, as long as it's tidy. So it's kind of a good combo. Um, but we will do that even if we go on vacation. We don't go on a vacation a lot, but if it's a weekend away or something, we're going to see my parents. It is so good to walk back in the house and everything is in place. There's not a dish in the sink. You know, the pillows are perfectly placed on the couch. Like everything's dialed in. Oh, that is the best feeling ever to walk back in from vacation and a tornado has not hit. Can't do it all the time. Um, but I love that feeling for sure. It It is. And I think like there's this image in motherhood of like the hot mess mom. And I don't know if you've ever heard that, but it's kind of like, okay, if you have kids, like your house is just going to be destroyed and you're just going to be like, basically just unable to, to control it. You're just not going to be able to control it. And, and because of that, like maybe you haven't showered in four days. And because of that, like, it's just, maybe it makes motherhood feel maybe joyless or just like tired. Like that's all it's about is being tired and, and overwhelmed. And I think that's why cleaning up and tidying up, like both of those things together, it's not just about like having a clean home so that when someone else comes in, maybe they can like think you have it put together. It's not just about like having you looking like you have your life together. It's, it's a form of self-care. Like I, I literally, I just posted that today on, um, an Instagram story because I've been learning that, that like literally tidying up and cleaning up is something that is like caring for myself, not just my family, but for myself too. That's wonderful. I work from home. My wife is a kindergarten teacher. So I either work in an office that we have or on the couch, actually in our living room. And I have to have our living room just dialed in. Like there's nothing out of place. You know, it's just dialed in in order for me to feel the most creative, the most clear headed. And sometimes I'll take a picture of our home because I decorate it kind of fun and playful sometimes. And I'll take a picture, post it on Facebook just for friends to see. And people will always comment, does anybody live there? (laughs) (laughs) Of course we live here. It's awesome, you know? Yeah. Uh, And they go, does it always look like that? I'm like, yeah, pretty much. I mean, mean, before we go to bed at night, we put the pillows back, we put the um, remotes back in the remote holder, you know, or whatever it is. It's not perfect all the time, but there is that sense of when you wake up in the morning, things are in place. It feels good. So tell me about, I don't know if you have family that lives nearby, but I know when we had kids that were young, the gifts from grandparents or friends were all well-meaning and good, but they were like a, a you know, a, a tornado coming into the home, the amount of gifts. Did you have conversations with your guys' relatives or how did that play out? Yeah. So we do have family that's really close now since we've moved. Um, and it's been 
I love it. Like I love, I'm very close with my family. I love being close to them. Um, but Gemma is the first grandchild on both oh sides. My. So you probably might know what that means. Um, she is, she's totally spoiled and she does get gifts. And it's funny because like my husband and I talked about it as soon as we lived here, but even before we lived here, we would just get stuff in the mail. We would, um, they would come visit and just bring bags of stuff. And I think it overwhelmed him even before we, even before minimalism. But what, what's happened since is that we've definitely had conversations about it with them. Like, I think we showed them all the minimalist documentary just because it's been so life-changing for us. Not like, not with the intentions of like, get a, give us less stuff, but just because we, we feel like it's life-changing. Um, so what I've realized though, now that I see my mom, um, almost every day and I see my mom and dad almost every day and I see my grandma almost every day. And my grandma is like the biggest giver of gifts, um, is that they love to give like my family loves to give and they know our values and they respect our values. Um, but the biggest thing I've had to do and it wasn't very hard for me to do. Um, but I think it was a little bit harder for my husband when we talked about it. And the biggest thing is just to accept it because I've decided to like shift my mindset about it and look at it as a blessing, which it like, I've hardly ever bought any clothes for Gemma or any toys because of how much is given to us. And so that's a financial blessing. Um, but regardless if it's like a tornado of stuff or not, um, I see that it brings them joy to give her things. And, and like I said, so we've had the conversation and so there is a, there is a respect on their side. And I, I just know that they would give us so much more if, if they weren't thinking about us, you know, so they do think about us and they think about our values and, but still like Gemma might come home with a new thing. Like, every other time they're with her. And it might just be like anywhere from a small stuffed animal to like, you know, something bigger, but. What do you do? Like if you go, okay, we've already got this, right? This is getting too much. Right. Do you, do you you give it away? Do you put it in the closet? Like, what do you do with it? Yeah. So, so there are a couple of things that, um, that I do. And one thing is if it's a bigger item, sometimes it comes into our house for a little bit and then it goes to grandma's house. Like if if it's, if I see that it's something bigger and it's something that like, let's just see how much she uses it basically. And if it's not something that we want to keep in our main space and it's not something she's using often, then, then yeah, it goes to grandma's house. And if grandma is okay with that, like she bought it, then I should say Gigi because that's what we call her. Okay. <laughs> they always are. They always are. And even they bought her like a huge block set and, and they keep it at her house. So that that's, you know, relevant to us because they're nearby. But even if you don't see them as often, um, I think it's, it can be relevant because when they do visit, like, you know, do you want to lug a whole bag of toys over to their house? That type of thing. So, so I think that has helped. Um, another thing that I do is I rotate toys um, for Gemma. And that's just been something that I've seen is fun for her because she sees it and she's excited about it. And I find a space where I can store some things and it's not a lot, but maybe like a small bin of toys that I store away. So that helps um, if it is something that maybe like, okay, we already have like 20 stuffed animals. We do have a lot of stuffed animals. I won't lie about that. Then, okay, maybe we have like one little basket of the extra ones that go away. And then eventually what happens is I find, okay, we have a little bit more clutter than I like to have. We have a little bit more toys. Our basket of stuffed animals is overflowing a little bit more than I'd like. The room gets messier faster. She's not focused on her toys as much. Then it's time to declutter. And at that point, like I said, I do send, I will send a basket to my, uh, to my mom's house. And if I don't, if I don't think it's something we should get rid of, um, I will donate it or I will keep it. Um, and I just would keep it for like a future child, but that is a very small amount of actual toys. I don't keep that many toys because I think they are, um, really easy to regain like or, you know, Gigi's going to get it for us when we have, maybe if we do have another baby down the road, that kind of thing. I think you just tell them when you get the urge to buy her something, think about the monetary amount. If it's $25, 
just feel free to buy us a $25 Target gift card. Like it'll be <laughs> yeah. this, you know, she will love that gift card. We'll let her play with that gift card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> and that's a great plan too. Like, I think it's just whatever works for you because there are, you know, you, if you want to talk to, I, well, actually what we did for her birthday was we made a list and there's the option to make like a registry for a birthday on target. Um, so we, and we had a lot of family here for a birthday. Like we went big with a first birthday in our small house with a lot of family. We have big family and a lot of people did get us gift cards because they saw like, this is our list and, and not to be mean and not to be offensive, but like people know what our values are when it comes to just not having clutter. And it doesn't mean that like, because it doesn't mean they can't get her something. That's the thing. Like, I just don't want minimalism. And something I realized when, when I was trying to like strive for perfection in that area, um, in within minimalism, cause I did. And, and it felt, it started to feel like something I was burning out in. And that's when I started saying like minimalish, I realized that it can steal your joy. Like it can just steal it. It's supposed to be about having less stuff so that you can have more joy, um, and have more, like have more time to do the things you care about and to just focus on the things you care about. But what it can become is kind of like this game or this competition of like, who has less stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, or like maybe it can feel, I don't know. I just don't want it to ever feel like I'm better than someone else because I have an uncluttered home, you know, it's something that is just valuable to me. So I don't want it to steal my joy because I'm stressed out about someone bringing me stuff. I don't want to steal their joy. So like the conversation of is, is usually between my mom and I, even if we're out together and she wants to buy her something is she doesn't need it. You don't have to buy it for her. She'll be happy without it. But if it makes you really happy and if you really want to buy it for her and she knows like if it's small versus big, then, then that's better. So I feel like you know, I also don't want it to be a financial stress that they feel like, oh, I want to get her gifts because she likes it. And, and it's true. She does like, she's so happy when you give her something, but she's also one and a half and she'll be happy without it too. You know? Right. right. I have some friends who have 10 million kids and (laughs) their house is a disaster. And if they were sitting right here, you know, they would laugh because they'd be like, yes, my house is an absolute disaster. And when they have kids' birthday parties and they have them, it feels like every other month, they actually have people um, donate to a cause rather than give the kids stuff. And I thought that was so cool, whether it's a link or, you know, bring cash or a check and they raise money for different causes that are important. And actually that child even gets excited about, you know, that particular cause and they build it into their kind of family values. That's a cool idea, huh? Yeah, it is. There's so many options for birthday parties. First of all, you can just not have one, but also like if you do want to have one, you can do a no gifts party and you know, some people that won't fly with, but it's just, there's just so many options. Yeah. Now this is, if people have not listened to this interview, I asked a question to a gentleman a couple of weeks ago, his name's Fred Hill. He's the founder of Ronald McDonald houses. And, uh, which is amazing. I read for, are you familiar with Ronald McDonald house? Yeah. At yeah. All? yeah. So I asked him at the end, cause he owns a couple of Ronald McDonald or, uh, Ronald McDonald, McDonald um, restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an operator. And I asked him, cause when I was a kid, I'm a little bit older than you. We <laughs> would have McDonald's birthday parties and you would have a birthday party at McDonald's. Have you ever even heard of that? I don't think so. Yes. <laughs> and Ronald would actually show up to the party (laughs) and you got like this super healthy happy meal and everybody got a little toy you know it was awesome yeah (laughs) that's awesome um so uh let's say that um you've got a spouse who is maybe like you you know maybe you're it's on the opposite the person who's listening is the more tidy one and they're living with a partner or spouse that's kind of like you and maybe you dug your feet in and your husband was like hey we want to be minimalist you're like no 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 I'm a tornado I feel really connected to that identity <laughs> like what would you say to the tidy spouse or the tidy partner on how to handle that situation yeah so and i i think that like what you just said is is true of me before before I was able to like see minimalism, um, through that documentary and, and understand what it was, is that I just, I did feel like it was something about me that, that was, he was saying like, and 
And I say this because this is like an argument that we would have is I was like, well, this is just who I am. Like, I'm just not tidy. And like, that must be something you just don't like about me, you know? So I do think it's something to be careful about, um, and not push on someone because, um, when you're that close to someone, sometimes it's hardest to hear it from that person, you know? Um, because it is very personal. It's like, you want this person to accept all of you. And, and I, I can say that I think my husband does accept all of me, but that doesn't mean that like, you know, you're not, there's certain points that aren't going to, obviously there are arguments, but, but when you hear them, you know, maybe asking you to do something differently, it can become very personal. Um, and, and maybe like there's a lot of emotions attached to that. So a couple of things, um, that I've actually had this question, um, from some friends and a couple of things that I tell them is to one, have an honest conversation with them about why you want to do it. So not just like, Hey, really cool. We could have a decluttered home. Like think of this, if we just get rid of all of our, all of our stuff, like we could have less to clean up. Like, no, what's the deeper part of it? Because that's what, um, that's what really gets me. And when I watched, like I said, when I watched that documentary, I really connected to the thought of like less anxiety and, and the deeper stuff, like the fact that we just don't need all this space that we are living in, or we just don't need all this stuff. Like the consumerism in America, like that's the stuff that gets to me. So, so the why, um, I think is important for you to have and for you to talk to them about why is it going to help your family? Um, why do you want to live more intentionally in this way? But if that doesn't work, um, and if, 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 if that doesn't get to them, um, you know, that's okay. It's okay for them to still have their own opinions about it. I, I would never want that to be like, okay, I just told them like poured my heart out and they don't care. Like they still, they still don't want to get rid of their stuff. Like also that person might be really attached to their stuff and that's normal too. I mean, it shouldn't be necessarily, but it just is. So then I think the next step could be to just do it on your own, but for your own stuff. So don't touch their stuff because that could really lead to a lot of problems, but, um, start living in the way that you, you would want your family to live together when it comes to your own stuff. And, and maybe they'll see maybe the, the actual like emotional and um, mental clarity and happiness that comes from that. And, and another thing that I always say is I have to hear something from like maybe a few different sources before it really sinks in. And so my husband will always say, like, I told you that, but (laughs) you had to hear it from someone else. I'm like, yeah, because it can be, like I said in the beginning, like it can be very personal when the person you're living with tells you it. So it's like, I have to hear it from someone else. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know I will credit you, Nick, that you told me at first, but like now I have to hear it from a couple other places. Um, And so it's just a funny kind of joke that we have that that's kind of how minimalism was, even though he wasn't calling it minimalism, like he could have been living that way for a while if it wasn't for me. So, um, so yeah, another thing is to maybe somehow like without pushing it on them, like show them other, other opinions on it. Do you know what I mean? So like, sure. If you say like, let's watch this documentary. It's really cool before we even talk about minimalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that, you know, you know, your spouse or your partner, like what would work for them? Would it be helpful for them to watch something or, you know, maybe listen to a podcast before you go telling them like, Oh, I'd love to t- change our home in this way. And then you can approach it. Or do they want to hear like your reasoning behind it? All right, Desiree, I've got an amazing business idea for you. Are you ready? <laughs> Yeah. Here it is. You offer to make phone calls to that messy spouse. All right. Yes. <laughs> you could even, it could be either obviously at their cell or their workplace. And you pose as a producer for the show Hoarders. And you say, uh, I've gotten word from uh, friends and family that you, Joe, uh, would be a great candidate for our show Hoarders. And uh, <laughs> just wanted to check to see if that's something you're interested in. You could charge for that. That's that is so true. That's perfect because that's the thing. Like you, like I said, you don't want to hear it from the person closest to you. (laughs) But if you hear from someone else, it's like, oh yeah, honey, I got this call from a hoarder's producer. (laughs) Yes, what is that? I didn't think our house was that bad. They're like, well, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I've been thinking that actually. 
That's a business. I think it is. Hundred bucks a call. Hundred bucks a call. You can do it. I like that. So, a couple more questions. Does minimalism impact your life more than your home environment? Whether it's I don't know time management or meal planning or friendships or you know I I don't know like your car, your trunk, your glove compartment. What you know? How does minimalism impact other areas of life? If it does, yeah. So it definitely does, and. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the car because that's one area of my life where I still, that I still need to approach. I was literally thinking about that this morning. I was like, that's going to maybe be my goal next month or something when I'm ready for it. But, um, but yeah, it definitely, like, I would say it approaches it. It kind of filters into every area of life. Um, and for me, it was in phases. So at first, uh, it was just about like the physical environment and, and decluttering and, I knew it was going to have those, like I was hoping for less stress and less anxiety because that's what really attracted me to it. But I didn't know what that would feel like. So once I saw what that felt like, then I kind of had, okay, now I have more time and space, but what's next? And I think with minimalism, there's a side to it that isn't as pretty for Instagram. Like it's really pretty to post decluttered homes but there's a deeper side to it. And that's like the have less stuff so that you have more time for the things that you really care about. And so it's kind of like intentional living. Um, and that's really where like, that's kind of my, my space in minimalism. Like that's what I grasp onto. I love my decluttered home, but like, I love that I get to live with more intention and I love what that's done for me. So I've really, dived into lately, like simplifying the deeper stuff. Um, and simplifying my schedule was kind of the first thing for me. I'm a homebody. I like to be at home. I'm like super blessed that I get to stay at home with Gemma and work from home right now. And I was trying really hard to like be this person. I wasn't in my schedule. I was like, we need to do all the activities because that will make Gemma happy. And that makes me a good mom, you know, but then I looked at what's in my day that's stressing me out. And it was just, I had too much, I was trying to do too much. So I like to be home and I like to move slower. And so I do. Um, and that's given me even more time to, to just take those, you know, five minute decluttering sessions throughout the day. So decluttering my schedule. And I talk about that a lot because I think, um, you know, there's this whole version of minimalism that's like intentional living and then like slow living. And then for me, it's been mindset. So I've had more time and space to kind of do some self-discovery, do some personal development, like who am I actually? And who am I trying to be that just like doesn't fit? And then how can I make sure that like I'm accepting myself for who I am and now I'm molding my life to that. And I'm, I'm actually like now enjoying my life because I got rid of the physical clutter. So now I can actually think through mm -hmm. these deeper things mm -hmm. that matter. And, um, just that that's really been where the big difference has come. And, and yes, it comes into meal planning as well. Um, you know, I cook, I, because we've been on a budget, um, actually, and trying to pay off debt. So I've started cooking everything in the house, which, um, was really hard at first, but then I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to cook every meal in the house and my husband helps when he can, but he's really busy. If I'm going to do this, then how do I enjoy it? Like, how do I declutter that in a way? Like I can use the word declutter. It doesn't maybe make sense, but like, how can I simplify that? Because it doesn't have to look like, you know, this other person that you follow on social media, it can just look simpler. Like it can, it's, it's basically fitting your life into and molding your life to who you are. Um, and, and that can happen whenever you don't have, whenever you don't have all the physical stuff, like cluttering your mind. I love it. One of the strategies that I know you've shared on social media recently, we're talking in the month of March, 2019, no matter when you're listening, but, um, you wanted to make March kind of a no spend month. What does that mean? First of all, and how's it going? We're a one weekend. Yeah. So, um, it can mean a couple of different things depending on who you are. Like there's, there is a more extreme version of no spend month where you literally like you stock up your groceries for that month and then you're done. Like you're not spending a dime that month except for like your bills. Um, for us, I maybe want to do that in the future. We'll see. We really value like fresh foods and produce. So I don't know that that would work for us. Um, but for us, what we're doing 
And I've kind of seen a couple other people. I like kind of follow the debt-free community on Instagram for inspiration. I've seen a couple other people doing it. It's just kind of you really budget. It's like, okay, there's a budget. And then there's like really budgeting to the point where you're planning out, like there's maybe a miscellaneous category in your budget and you're planning out what you're spending within that as well as you can. And so the days where I'm saying like, okay, I succeeded in my no spend month are the days when I'm not like forgetting this is something I did do. So I'll use it as an example. I'm not forgetting that I had a gift to buy for a family member. So so it's going well because, or like, it's not a day, you know, you can say I'll, I'll budget for, um, for maybe like time at a coffee shop once a week. And I'm going to work during that time. That's self-care. I'm going to spend money on just like just a coffee. So it's going to be like $2 instead of five. Um, that's fine. If you plan that ahead for like my no spend month, I should say if I plan it ahead, not you, but, um, but then if I just like, am headed out for groceries and I need to grab a coffee at Starbucks, like that doesn't count. So I guess like I'm trying to track it on a calendar and just say, if, if I've done, if I've accomplished my goal that day, it's like a day by day thing. So it's gone well because most days I've so far (laughs) a weekend I've done well, but yeah, we have had a couple slip ups just like mostly I forgot about, um, a gift I needed to buy, but, but that's okay. So there's, there is room in our budget for it. It's just, about kind of trying to keep that room so that we can put put that towards debt. You could have regifted something that your Gigi gave Gemma. I know. Well, <laughs> she's a little bit older <laughs> than that. <laughs> well, so um, I w- we will uh, obviously point everybody toward your website and your podcast. Minimalish uh, podcast is available on iTunes and probably all the places. And so we yep. want to make sure that people, if they want to dive deeper into what you're all about and and what you're sharing. I loved your episode recently on kind of getting clear about your um, values and your time and what you're um, doing kind of just in terms of your priorities. That was great. Um, I love your word for the year is thrive. That's a great word. So good. So thank you so um, much. Yeah. And I just appreciate you sharing about your own journey and that, that will definitely inspire other moms. Uh, your, the URL that we will direct people to, what's the best place for them to find you? I know on Instagram, of course, as well. Yeah. Instagram is at minimalish underscore motherhood. And then you can find me at just desireeandries.com. And that's where kind of like the, you can find my podcast on iTunes and everything, but then um, that will direct you to all those different places where you can find it too. So thank you for taking time. And uh, it was awesome to meet Gemma via Instagram. Such a cute. cute. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much. If you've been inspired or learned something from this episode, do yourself a favor and tell a friend. By sharing a learning with someone else, you'll actually be solidifying it in your own mind and heart and more likely to implement it in your own life. Tell them about our conversation and let them know that they can listen to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the iTunes podcast app on their phone. Check out our website at www.insporising.com. That's I-N-S-P-O rising.com and on all social media platforms as Inspo Rising. Now, as you go out about your day, may you be inspired to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. I'll talk to you next time.